Okay. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the No Ordinary Moment podcast. And yes, we have the one, the only, my favorite human on the planet, back by popular demand, actually, my husband, John Sauter. Happy birthday. His birthday just passed, so happy birthday again. So everybody knows that you're a year older. I just wanted to throw that in. And I'm 10 years younger, just so I can throw that in, too. And How do I'm you feel, John? somewhere between 39 and death. <laughs> well, welcome back. Are you happy to be back on the podcast with your wifey, Pooh? Yes, I'm so Thrilled. excited. Thrilled. Thrilled. How has your 2021 been going, my love? Give it to us. Give it to all of us. It's been great. I mean... COVID can be annoying some of the time, but most of the time, it's nice to have a little bit slower life and spend more time together with the family and not traveling so much. So doing okay. I'm, I'm okay with COVID being over at some point too, but, <laughs> but it's been good. Yes. I just shared with everybody out there my COVID experience and you above anybody knows that I feel like 2021 so far has been any enormous amount of change and growth from myself. Any comments about that? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, it's been really interesting to watch and it, it's, it's gone, you know, these things tend to go in fits and starts and leaps and bounds. And it, it feels like you were trying to find your footing there for a while in the last couple of months, you've really kind of hit your stride and it's, it's great to see, it's fun. Oh, thank you. Thank you for always being so supportive. I, I really appreciate it. And one of the reasons I wanted John back on the podcast is because he is so inspiring to me every day. And sometimes he comes up with these things that might not sink in the day that an action happens or we're talking about something, but then really sinks in over time on how we can actually help each other and how people are the most important thing and what can we do as humans to not only help ourselves but to help others and I'm going to have John tell a story in, in a little bit that really inspired this podcast and also inspired just the movement that I, I really love everyone to come on and support it's not a financial it's not asking people to donate but there's actionable things that we can do to help everyone get through this moment in time and always so you're always inspiring to me, babe, and I just want to say thank you for always lifting me up and being there and inspiring others, and I love that this platform can really get out some special messages to people and encourage them to, you know, keep going. So I would say the first thing that I just kind of want to dive into is just you always have such wisdom around things like routines and what what it, your perspective is on being able to keep, I don't want to say, I mean, what would you call it? Like not centered or calm or focused or I don't know. What is the word I'm looking for? Just a state of mind growing. I think those are all good words. It's kind of character and, and being content. It it, it just, it takes a daily effort and it took me a long time to figure that out, even though, you know, smart people have been talking about it for 3000 years. You really have to find the, the time in your day, whether it's five minutes or two hours. And, and for me, generally it works best first in the morning. I think that's true for most people. 
it, for some reason, it's a little bit tougher at the end of the day. It also weighs on you during the day. I think you're like, oh gosh, I need to pray. Oh, I need to read my intentions. I need to reground myself. And you're thinking about it all day and you're feeling bad that you haven't done it yet. And so to me, it's really good to, to just do it right when you wake up. And it's interesting because for a long time I had routines and I'd get out of them and it was all about willpower. And then I basically kind of merged my kind of my spirituality with my exercise routine and with inspirational music and some inspirational books. And so for whatever reason, putting all those things together just made it easier as opposed to, geez, I got to get up and work out or I have to pray today or I don't know, just kind of everything together. And it's almost become a commitment to a higher force, to God, whatever you want to call it. And I talked about in the last podcast, unfortunately, the way humans are wired is we we start over new every day. There's things that we learned yesterday or we've learned over the course of our life and we can go backwards. We can know that it's not good for us to have that much tequila, but sure enough, we'll do it again one day. And then you've got to get up the next morning and say, okay, I don't want to do that. Or you lose your temper with someone despite the fact that you've had the intention of not losing your temper in those moments. And, 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 but over time, if you kind of just have those intentions and the way I've kind of simplified it in my head is just the intention to be good and do good every morning and really kind of square yourself with that value set and, and with a purpose that our lives are really centered around trying to build our character day by day, brick by brick. And it just, it works, it builds on itself. It's no different than building your endurance for anything in life. And it starts to become very freeing. Like you think a lot of times, like if you think about the Ten Commandments or you think about the the Stoics, you know, the great philosophers from, from Rome and Greece, and they had these rules about being kind to, to other people and to take care of yourself and be patient. And, and they seem like they're restricting. And it's actually the opposite because the more you do those things, the more free you feel because you're less up in your head worrying about stuff that doesn't matter and you realize at the end of the day that just kind of sticking to those age proven time tested values uh, as your goal each day is really all you need to to do to feel good about yourself yeah i mean i can really tie that in with this notion of really truly for the first time in my life understand understanding the impact of stress and Part of, I think, what you're talking about, or maybe you can comment on, is what I figured out was if I had a stressful situation, and you're going to have stressful situations come up, and my reaction, like stress at work was always a trigger for me. And if a stressful situation comes up, and you then just go on with my old routine, my old routine would be to then hold on to those emotions, hold on to the stress, hold on to the anger, not be able to not manage it, but come out with these like aggressive big reactions, right? These, if someone says something to me, then it's just like, I'm just like triggered and I got to get these really bad emotions out of my system, which had nothing to do like with the actual stress, why the stress was being caused. So, and I think a lot of people cope with stress and different things in their life and then these big reactions come that just kind of snowball and and how do you reset almost 
I feel like you've gotten a mechanism together where you can be grateful in that moment versus, and, and you talk a lot about forgiveness of people and a lot of forgiveness of actions even that could really like the smallest thing, like it could be road rage, it could be anything, it could be at work, it could be your kids. I think really like a lot of people struggle with their children because they work all day, they come home, and then these big reactions happen because they're still so stressed out. And you know, how I'm learning to be able to watch what has happened in the past and really create a toolbox on how not to let that happen or how to process that. But does that make sense on kind of how like, what are what is your what are your thoughts on that and how does that tie into the routines and, and recommitting to things? Okay, there's a lot of questions in there. Sorry! <laughs> I do want to acknowledge again that I have seen your level of awareness about how you react to certain situations and, and sort of catching yourself or being able to talk about it. And that's really powerful and really beautiful to, to see as your husband and as your friend, but you know, as another just person in your life. It, it, it's great to see and it's not easy to do. It, yeah. it, it takes... It, it Some takes, people never, never evolve and never change. There's a few pieces to, back to your questions. The, the first part is I think you need to really work every day on what your identity is attached to. I, I kind of had a realization, again, not earth shattering, been around for thousands of years, but that everybody, whether you know it or not, you have a God. You wake up every day and there's something that you're attaching your identity to and your life to. And it could be God, and, and that's probably a pretty positive thing in my view, or something like that that has really good values and trying to, to hold you accountable for your actions to, to be good and do good. But you could also have good things that become your God, like being a good mother or being a good spouse or getting good grades or being amazing at your job or making money so you can support yourself or support your family. And th those good things should not be your gods. They should not be where your identity is attached. And then there's obviously bad things that, you know, in a different stages in our life become our gods, you know, trying to worry about our weight or, you know, drugs or alcohol or, you know, whether people like us or not. I mean, there's all these other things that are kind of generally not good most of the time. And, but I think so once you attach yourself to uh, your, your identity is not tied to those things that you can't really control and, and at the end of the day leave you empty, then it makes it a little bit easier not to get angry in the first place. Because I think we get angry generally beca because we're trying to protect something that we love. And, and, and a lot of times anger is good. Somebody threatens your child or, or somebody tries to you know, hurt you or someone that you care about and you get angry and that, that makes sense. But a lot of times, if you really think back in your life, you're getting really angry because your career is not going the way you think it should go or you weigh more than you think you should weigh or that person didn't treat you the way you thought they should treat you. And those are not particularly good things Th those things probably shouldn't set you off and they certainly shouldn't set you off the way they they do a lot of us all the time and so when you can start to again have your identity tied to being good and doing good and none of those other things including those good things then you don't get angry as often and then if you layer on top of that your intention every morning to kind of be good and do good that 
helps you during the day, for whatever reason, catch yourself. Your level of awareness kind of ratchets up day after day after day. And, and in the beginning, you, you, know, you might make it, you know, if you pray or have these intentions at seven in the morning, you might make it till nine in the morning and then you lose your shit and you're not being a nice person. And then the next day you make it to nine, 10. And then, and then suddenly after months or years, nobody knows exactly how long it takes, you start to get to the point where most of the time in the moment you can say, okay, you know, this has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with my intentions. And, and you actually don't get angry or you don't lash out at someone, even if you are frustrated on the inside. You kind of catch yourself and say, well, wait a minute, what's going on here? Is this about them, not about me? Maybe they need me to be kind and compassionate to them versus chew them out, which is another really interesting thing that happens. And so that's kind of the second part of it. And then I do think the third part of it is, is forgiveness, because that really helps a lot. And one thing that I started doing, it was something that I heard Fred Rogers did. When he would swim every day, would think about everybody in his life that he was grateful for, current, past, whoever came into his head. He would do that sometimes for 30, 40 minutes, like just think of every single person. And I mentioned that to a friend of mine and he said, well, you know, another thing you can do um, that'll kind of take that to the next level is think about everyone that's really hurt you. And, and I mean, genuinely hurt you like there's no kind of you know cut or dry whether they did or not it what's not up for interpretation they did something really horrible to you and ask god to forgive them even if you can't forgive them but ask god to forgive them and think about it in the sense of that they didn't really know what they were doing because if anybody really knew what hurting another person deliberately did to them and to the world nobody would do it because it really impairs your happiness but you don't realize it when you're doing it. even if you're a very powerful person that in your view and you make your life and your living on exploiting people and making people feel bad it really is hurting them if if you can really start to forgive those people and then if you can even go to the next level and say you know what i've done a lot of terrible things to people in my life and i really shouldn't judge them for what they did and who knows why they did it at that particular moment, and who knows where they are now if they're not in your life anymore. And you, you start to kind of appreciate the, the fact that the more forgiving you can be of other people, the more forgiving you get of yourself. And then that starts to make it easier, in a very mystical way in my opinion, to not get angry with other people and to not lose your temper. Because the, I, the less angry and anxious and uncertain about yourself, the less you are with other people. And so whoever said the world is as you are was exactly right. Or whoever said forgive and to others, you know, as yourself, it, it really is like a magic silver bullet if you can do it with true sincerity and conviction. And right. so, I don't know, that's a long answer, but that I, I, I think it's kind of, it is that a little bit that three-step process for me at least that that helped me do better and I still lose my temper every once in a while when I shouldn't but it's 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 rare yeah no I would say that it is really rare and it's it's interesting like it takes caution that it takes time to forgive yourself first and foremost because we all have days where you wake up 
and you're either said something you didn't want to say or you didn't mean or you know you think somebody misinterprets something or whatever it is you know I feel like right now and just probably has been going on for a long time is everyone just being so hard on themselves and I think it starts first thing in the morning I would say a perfect example for me was probably about a year ago I probably had negative self-talk at least maybe 50 things an hour at one point like when I woke up and I would start my day with beating myself up and it's still hard even though I rarely do that it's still hard now it's like one thing in the first hour and that's the only thing all day and then I let it go because I I have this new process or I there's things there's actionable things that you can do to help with that process right like listen like you said listening to meet positive music I mean I do think it's hard but you have to keep working at it and as you keep working at it it's amazing the results that you can get one thing that I've noticed recently and I think affects a lot of people and a lot of people's families and I really want to focus on what actions you can do as a family for those of you who have a significant other or have kids or even have pets <laughs> because my pets are definitely top uh, headlines in our household. It's all the content and all a lot of the shows that are on TV or Netflix or HBO Max or just endless amounts of streaming content right now from a show standpoint, a movie standpoint, can be incredibly negative. And I like to, to use a reference of there's certain funny things that are kind of lighthearted and they're not, they're not Pollyanna by any way, shape, or form, and they're fun to watch, but like I was watching like the new dynasty and it's not like they're great people not doing bad things, but it's very lighthearted and playful in their, the way that they're doing it. And then it would, it will take me going through five to 10 different things to find something as light, heartful and playful. It's really damaging, like, like dark, like a lot of the series and a lot of shows and there's so much darkness and we don't realize like before we go to bed or in the morning, right in the morning, if you put it on something as white noise, even to go to bed, like it really affects your brain. It really affects your mood. It really affects your psyche, how you feel about yourself. And like content is such a big thing to learn and understand and like really figure out. And even with video games for kids, like how damaging some things can be to what's shaping you every day as a person. Yeah, I used to think it didn't matter, but yeah, me too. it really does. And I heard a, a metaphor once for kind of, kind of forgiveness in general, being able to forgive yourself and forgive other people as sort of the front wheel of a bicycle and that, and that compassion. And, but the back wheel of that bicycle is really your intention, your, your very conscious effort to kind of be good and do good and surround yourself with with the right things and those two things need to go hand in hand for that bicycle to go in the right direction and you can't just look for forgiveness and sort of try to think you're going to be a good person or be compassionate or expect compassion from the other world and then kind of fill up your day 
with things sort of halfway good for you or some things are good and some things are bad or I'm going to watch pornography or I'm going to but I'm going to go to church but I'm going to have two glasses of wine instead of four and I'm going to go visit the homeless people but I'm going to watch a really terrible movie on TV or you have to kind of really try to consciously and again not being Pollyanna at all about it like there's plenty of things that aren't damaging or don't affect that back wheel of the bicycle but the, the two pieces really really go hand in hand and and again that's another thing that's been proven for you know for thousands of years that if, if you really want to feel at peace and content and loved you need to do things that are bring you peace and bring love and goodness to other people as best you can and again it just needs to be an intention and you won't need to try it because you're gonna mess up during the day but you get a chance to start over every day. Absolutely. And I, and I think this is where I'd love to transition into a story. I'd love for you to share. And, it, and it's in regards to our family and our kids. And really, how do you take action in your community? But also, how do you take action as a family and get your kids involved in things that can really long-term impact them? But I was so moved and touched with something John really kind of put into places for our family. And after I thought about it, we are putting in a constant challenging ourselves to focus on how we can continue to grow through this experience and help people that need help, you know, that need help right now. And we all need help at some points in our life, for sure. But how can we do that and and really make it a family commitment? But John, do you want to kind of share the story that I'd like you to share on definitely helping people in need and changing my perspective on action in your community. Yeah, again, thinking about that back wheel of the bicycle, I, I think one of the things that, that we need to do is be involved in intentional community. And to me, that sort of deliberately knowing and trying to take care of one another in our community and when you do that, it, it really helps center you, again, in this very mystical, interesting way. It's better to give than receive. Or, you know, we've all heard all the cliches, but they're, they're, they're cliches because they're true. And so I just felt like we were not as involved in our community as we could be, and we didn't know a lot of people. And I just felt like we have so much that we should start trying to help the homeless however we can. And we went to some church groups at the Salvation Army uh, here in Santa Monica, which is terrific and, and an unbelievable organization that helps so many people around the world. But then I felt like I was, I didn't know the community maybe as much doing that. And I remember reading and hearing some things about Greg Boyle that he does with Homeboy Industries in East Los Angeles and it really moved me because he he talked about a lot of these kids that get involved in gangs they have these names that aren't really their given names by their mom and he would have to kind of probe them you know what's your name and the kid would give him his gangbanger name and then he'd say you know well what's your name and he'd give him his gangbanger name with some made-up last name and and he would have to go all the way down and he goes what does your mother call you and the kids would, almost every single one of them would break down in tears 
because nobody had cared about them enough to really ask who they were and where they came from. And that really kind of touched me. And so I wanted to start having more direct interaction with the homeless people uh, in our community and, and trying to help in whatever way I could. I'd like to do more than we've done so far, but we're, we're trying to build on that. Like, like so many things, it, it, it takes time, but the consistent effort really produces fantastic results. But the connection was as important right. as and the, so, the help. And, and so what we started doing was just creating small bags of food, similar to what the Salvation Army and a lot of these other wonderful organizations put together, with water and a kind bar and some cheese and potato chips. And usually we put a little bit of money in there because it seemed like that was the thing that a lot of these people wanted the most, which I know could be controversial with some people as to whether you should be you know, giving homeless people money, but I, I, I think it's fine. I think it's good in some ways. But the other really important thing that I tried to do is I tried to introduce myself to all of them and to say hello and to learn their name and sometimes where they came from. Some of them are married. Just, just try to talk to them and see, you know, what they're doing. And, um, you know, that's been really, really moving. I, the first time I did it by myself on Christmas about three years ago, I just told my family I was going to do it. And then I started having the kids and Leanne go with me. And so we don't do it as much as I'd like. We probably do it about once every two months. And we probably hand out 60 or 70 bags of food or toiletries or necessities. And, you know, we generally are kind of down in the Venice area, but just talking to these people and understanding their humanity and their loneliness is really, you just get much more back than you're giving. And it, it is almost more important than the food part. It's just letting them know that we all come from the same stuff and that they're, they're not beneath us. Nobody's above or beneath anyone. We're all made from the same stuff. And it just really brings that home. And, and how it, was the kids' reaction, I think? The, 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 the kids' reaction was spectacular. I mean, I think they had a new appreciation. I think Austin has been afraid of homeless people, you know, understandably, because a couple of them kind of did some aggressive things when he was in the car when he was four or five years old. And just to help that aspect of it, it's good. It's, it's very powerful and obvious once you do it. But it, it does take some courage. I mean, in the beginning, you worry, oh my gosh, am I going to get sick? Am I, should I really be hugging this person? Should I really be shaking their hand? Should I? And, and after a while, you're just like, you know what? If I get sick, I don't care. Like, it's more important to try to help this person. Um, and I haven't. I, nothing, nothing. Well, I think there's baby steps, it. too. I mean, you have to work up to it. Like, small steps are just when you're on a walk. I mean, I pass several people that don't have homes every morning on a walk and just being able to look at them the same way that I would look at somebody else that I know passing me and smile and nod and say hello or just acknowledge them is a huge step and, and people are just so grateful just to have some acknowledgement as well and there's lots of baby steps I think one thing that is a big challenge that we would like to put out there and, and stay connected with whoever in whatever way attempts to do 
something similar or identical to what we've done is one way to really think about it is how many bags of groceries that you bring in every single month to your house. And for me, that was something really impactful because it just goes to show how much we have. Like we literally bring in, in January, over 30 bags of groceries into our house. So that's more than one a day. And just challenge yourself. And, and our family challenge is now doing it every single month. How many bags are we bringing in? And that's how many bags that we go and hand out. And that needs to be consistent every single month for our family now. And we are, I'm interested to see the impact. I know the impact it's going to have on the community is great. It's only, there's only positivity around the impact on the community. But not only what you give, but what you get from it. And just being good and doing good every single day is like the main core value of who you are. I mean, that just gives back infinite amounts, in my opinion, just seeing the small amount that we've been doing so far and knowing that we can do more and and be good and do good. Yeah, I mean, the, the more you do these things, the more you realize that it's sort of the path to freedom and to peace. And, and the more things you can do that are positive to try to nurture your soul and to help other people, it, it just makes you not worry so much about all those other things that you can't control. Because that is, that is one of the few things that that you can really control in your life is just your intention to try to help others and to do the right thing as many times a day as possible. And it's not, again, it's not at all restrictive. It gives you this wings, it gives you this crazy freedom, but you feel like you're giving up all this stuff when you when you make these commitments or you say, I'm gonna get up at 4.30 in the morning to, to pray and listen to inspirational music and you know, do some exercise or whatever, but over time you start to realize that that discipline really leads to real freedom in your brain where you don't think 50 negative thoughts about yourself the first two hours of the day. And I, I mean, I used to do that too. I think everybody's done that yeah. at some point in their life, whether they want to admit it or not. So the takeaway I think I want to put out there, <laughs> is that how you would prompt it, I guess? The takeaway that I want to put out there is really that you make a difference. You can impact your community. You can impact further. We have further reaches than just our community thanks to all of these amazing platforms that we, we have in place. They can be good and they can do good. And one thing that I want just to bring up is there's a lot of complaining and negativity around what's not happening and the red tape around not having an actionable plan that we can see taking place or that's being communicated by you know our leaders as of right now in particular in LA we hear about this a lot and you can be the change I mean I think that is something that I I've had a hard time believing at certain moments of my life when it comes to politics but I think that the world has proven that change can happen, good does win, and you can make a difference. And we can all make a difference, and we need our children to know that they can make a difference. And you can take action in the smallest ways that make the biggest impacts. And if we share this and we spread this and we all do this, 
the 30 bags of groceries in one month from our family can turn into thousands cumulative every single month. And that can help so many people. And it's not just physically helping people, it's mentally helping people and making sure that they know that they matter. And that is the truth. Everyone matters and these people matter and get out there and take action because it does matter and it does affect great change in your own community, in your own backyard and beyond. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And I was so touched at the inauguration by Amanda Gordon for a hundred reasons, partially because she's from LA, which I thought was really cool. But she ended her speech with, we need to realize that hope isn't something that we ask of others. It's something that we have to demand of ourselves. And that's what I wanted the poem to end on. And, you know, I just think that's the perfect message and ties in exactly to what to what you're saying. My mom used to say to me when I would complain about stuff, she said, you can choose to have a grievance or to see the miracle. And it makes all the difference to choose the miracle in any moment. But there is a silver lining to the homeless problem in our town. And it and it's the opportunity to get to know these people and to and to try to help them to, to nurture our souls. So hopefully folks can can see that side of it and try to rally around it from that perspective. And if we do, it will it will get much better, both in our minds and in reality. Well, thank you, John Sauter. I love you. You are my superhuman, my person, my everything. And thank everybody out there. I hope you take the time to listen to this. I think it's a it's a really important message and just a great way to really talk about not making any moment ordinary. And that's with everybody. So tune in, follow us on Instagram. It's No Ordinary Moment Podcast. You can also follow Leanne Sauter. There'll be lots of updates on our blogs that we have in regards to this challenge that we want to put out into the world and just so many other things that will support being good and doing good. So thank you guys for listening and we can't wait to have you back, John. So thank you so much. You're the best. Thank you.